from the city of brotherly love, this is Shark Bite Biz with David Strausser. You've just arrived in the newest episode of Shark Bite Biz. I'm your glamorous host, David Strausser, and this is your place to learn how to grow a business during complete global chaos. Today, we're going to talk about women in leadership. First, though, remember, please do us a favor. Download the Shark Bite Biz app. You can find it right on the Google Play Store on an, any Android device. We're going to have the iOS version out, so you Apple people will be able to get the app very, very, very shortly. But in the meantime, you can go to our app. You can see every audio, every video that this show produces is right there in the app. Plus, you can buy our fabulous coffee. You know, the freshest coffee known on earth. Dead House Coffee right there just by clicking on the coffee uh, coffee store tab on the main menu. But if you don't want to download the app, no problem. We got you covered. Head on over to deadhousecoffee.com where, like I said, you're going to get the freshest coffee known on earth. It is roasted. It is sealed and it is shipped all within a 24-hour period. Plus, if you use the code SHARK, you'll get 20% off of your order. We'll get your money and all the proceeds will directly help us right here on Shark Bite Biz to produce the biggest and best show we possibly can. Now, let's get back to today's show. We're going to be chatting about leadership. Not just any type of leadership, though. We're going to be talking about developing female leadership, how to help them find their inner selves and strengths to grow to their fullest potential. We've got an awesome husband and wife duo that has created an amazing company helping women globally. Today, we're going to chat with one of the dynamic duo and hear about how he helps women grow. So. Who do we have today? None other than Mr. Mark Granger. Big Impact HQ is the world's most cutting-edge influence and leadership training for the advancement of women executives. They help millions of women who are experts in their field gain a skill set that allows them to distinguish themselves as leaders in their industry. Since 2014, Mark and Sharon have equipped over 3,000 women leaders in the art and science of persuasion and influence. These women have used their skills of presentation mastery to generate over $30 million in revenue and speak on some of the world's most coveted stages, including TED Talks, Tony Robbins, Good Morning America, and The View. So hey, without further delay, let's bring Mark right on in here. Business Strategy. Mark, welcome to Shark Bite Biz. You, my friend, you just became Shark Bait. Look out, everyone. Yeah, look out, look out. So we have a tradition on this show. Very first question I ask every single person uh, that comes on, what's your experience? What's your background? What do you do? How'd you get where you're at? Basically, tell us in a nutshell, what makes Mark Mark? I'm a speaker. I love to tell stories. I'm a storyteller. And I find that the audience that resonates most with my stories to be the subject matter of those stories, as well as the recipient of those stories are powerful women. And that because uh, it really comes from the way I was raised. I was raised by an amazing, emotionally uh, evolved father and a mother who was emotional, who's been for many, many years, emotionally starved. Uh, from life. And what I started seeing throughout my life, David, is I was attracting all these powerful women, whether they were teachers or girlfriends or friends or business associates, but specifically clients, they just started to be these powerful women that were leaking their power. You said leaking their power. Leaking their power, like giving it away. Okay. Uh, because underneath it, underneath it, there was this huge amount of dissatisfaction, sorrow, maybe even wounds and trauma. That was driving their ambition. And what I began to see is that I had been placed both, I think, kind of like if you spiritually or cosmically kind of been placed into a world where I was born and raised in Alaska around all this grand nature. So I'm really big on mother nature and animals and life. And 
I remember I was nine years old with my father and uh, we were out uh, right outside of Homer, which is a small little fishing town where I grew up. And in and, Alaska, uh, right? In, in Alaska, yeah. Okay. And there was all these, all these mountains surrounding us. And uh, it was, the water was really calm that day. We were in a place called Halibut Cove. And this whale started to, about a couple hundred yards out, started to just circle us on the boat. Pretty, you know, you see that pretty common there in Alaska. So we're watching that and we're halibut fishing. Hold on, hold on. Was it was it a massive whale? I mean, are we talking like Chamu sized whales or? Yeah, well, it was it was be known what you would know as a pilot whale. So it's a moderate sized whale. You know, this isn't a forty okay. tonner that you know that breaches, but it was you know it's a it, it's pretty big. Where yeah, you got to respect it, right? Yeah. And um, it, after about ten minutes, it turns its trajectory towards the boat, and I start seeing it coming towards the boat. Oh, and so I, I looked to my dad and I just started reeling in and I'm like, dad, that, that whale is coming to the boat. Yeah. And he looks at it and it's like 150 yards out. And then it's like a hundred yards out. And we're like reeling in as fast as we can. And then it's a hundred feet and then it's like 50 feet. And then there's this, and David, there's, you know, that feeling you get when it's that moment of, there's this moment of silence when you're, you're not really sure what's going to happen next. Yeah. And it could really be anything. I'm wondering, is she going to sink the boat? What's going to happen here? And she came right up to the boat. I literally was able to look down at her blowhole. She was about wow. six feet wide. She went underneath the boat, came up the other side, and her big left eye was just looking right at me. And, you know, my heart's all... And then she just kind of sunk down and went away. And I, you know, it was a mesmerizing wow. experience for me as a child. And I'd had... A lot of experiences like that with bears and moose yeah, and all yeah, that. Yeah. But that particular day stuck with me. And as I got older, I remember reflecting back on it. And I remember seeing that all I remember thinking, you know, that whale was curious. She could hear our heartbeats getting faster and faster as we were getting nervous about her approach. Yeah. And all people, uh, all living things have a desire to make a connection. Mm -hmm. And I think women specifically are in business are more their brains are more organized and their brains are more inept to being right. able to adapt not inept adapt at uh, making connections and needing connections as a way of being in their power okay so that's a that's a pretty pretty gnarly story there i will tell you i really enjoyed hearing that because it confirmed to me that uh yes i should be scared uh, of going out whale uh, in a boat with whales. That's been one of I've have this weird I living down in Baja, you know, everybody wants to go whale watch. And I'm like, no, I'd like my luck. The whale's <laughs> gonna jump on the boat and just crush us all. So you've confirmed that is an actual fear. Okay. So um that that is really, really Cool. And I have no idea why, but I waited a very long time to watch the um, TV show Bosch, uh, Amazon Prime detective show. And okay. it's kind of, um, it kind of harps a little bit about what you were saying there about women, because most of the, the women on there, like I'm thinking of uh, the one character that I just watched, um, uh, Honey Chandler, her name is. But I mean, exactly like you were just saying, very driven, powerful, strong, uh, doesn't back down in the face of, of fear. And it, you know, there, there there's a lot to kind of uh, unpack there as far as women, leadership, Alaska, um, all of that stuff, you know, to kind of pull it together. And I like how you package that. So it is pretty cool. Now, what I'd like to ask you is, so one thing, like my wife, uh, she's Peruvian, but we lived in Mexico for a couple years. I, well, I, I lived down in Mexico for about 15 years um, in an actual Tijuana ghetto, believe it or not. And <laughs> from there... We, um, uh, but I met my wife down in Peru and then we moved to Mexico. And when I was with her, we weren't in, um, the Tijuana ghetto at the time. We were living at Playas de Tijuana, the Tijuana beach area. But what we did was we noticed that, like, with women down there in, in Latin America, there was 
like a lack of education uh, as far as technology goes and stuff like that. Like a lot of women, especially if you were at that time, like 35 and older, you were in the dark. I mean, you barely understood how to do this stuff. I'm not everybody, but most people that weren't educated. And, you know, we actually ended up uh, starting a leadership thing, a tech thing. We called the Tech Chicas. Did that for many years. Actually won a couple awards from from Penn State on that. And uh, it was all about educating women how basic, simple tech that even the, the, the poorest of people down there in Latin America have access to. If you had a cell phone and you were able to read our stuff, I mean, you had the ability to access these tools, but how they could make your life simpler and help you move forward in the roles. And I wanted to point that story out because I, I think it's something that um, uh, both you and I kind of have in common. I think that's... Uh, a point where our our paths cross because one of your your talking points is you know why you know should a male like you for example why should you be talking on women leadership issues and i've kind of gone through that that same experience myself of having to justify being well i'm the co-founder and with my wife and blah 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 and then I had the added thing in that, I don't know if you noticed, but I'm a white guy. I'm not Mexican. I'm not Peruvian. I'm not Latino, but my wife's Latina. You know, so I had an added barrier there. And it was like extra hard for us initially to start up before people kind of accepted the general idea and purpose that we were genuine in what we were doing. Have you experienced that at all? And how do you think, you know, being male either helps or hurts you with your message of feminine power. It, it, it's really fascinating because I think I think the world is really, you know, Brian Williams. Uh, he's a journalist and an MSBC and uh, NBC journalist. He's been for twenty eight years, and last night was his last night on the air. And you know, he talked about how you know as a kid he never knew that he would have the opportunity to meet presidents and world leaders and celebrities and occasional rock stars. And he said, you know, our world right now on the outside of town, it's become very dark. And those dark spaces are starting to move into the, uh, into the everyday. Uh, and our leaders seem not to care. And I feel like the world is in a place right now where the only thing that's going to solve this problem is love. Yeah, the world I, needs, I, the world, I agree the world with that, needs, actually. The world needs motherly energy. So you know, I don't care what barriers that I have to face as a white man uh, over 50. Mm-hmm. I have a purpose. And that's right. the thing that comes from it is I'm driven by purpose. Over 50? You don't look and, a day over 49, Mark. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so by being, having the luxury of being driven by purpose and know that this is how I have been shaped and why I've been put here, I think that's one thing. It does take a little longer to be able to establish that trust because I do believe in the world today. People are asking, what do you want from me? The mm-hmm. world seems to be very selfish. Let me get what I need. And Grifters. so when you're running a Grifters. conscious capitalism, when you're running a conscious capitalism company mm-hmm. where your company is designed to create a social impact that elevates all women, it takes them a couple steps in to get to see that that's really true. And then it also helps that the programs and the, the things that my wife and I do for these powerful women, these entrepreneurs, these women founders, is they've gone out and generated over $75 million in their own businesses using our systems. So what we do gets a result. So when you get a result, you're on purpose, and then you articulate your message well as a, as a, as a communicator, as a storyteller, people begin to lean in and see there's some real substance here. And that's what the world wants more than anything, a substance that leads to change. Right. Right. No, that, that, that's great. And I think it's kind of comforting, uh, again, to hear from somebody else that uh, it, it definitely sounds like you've had some of those hurdles that that we crossed all the way back uh, almost 10 years ago now when we originally started it, um, that you've had to do that. And you were you had that same passion and attitude like, hey, I don't care what I've got to do. This is the the mission. This is something that I'm capable of doing. This is something I want to do. 
and you know you're you're just out there doing it so with you you've mentioned you have your wife at your side working with you so is this a husband wife operation then it it is we're co-founders of big impact hq and um and we've been uh, she really plays the role of the ceo she is really good in that role i'm the cmo that's the role that i'm better in Sorry, chief, uh, CMO as far as chief marketing chief officer? Chief marketing officer, okay. that's correct. And, uh, you know, the thing is, David, it's been one of the hardest things I've ever had to do is running a business with my wife, yeah. uh, especially a powerful woman. You know, it, what, number one, there's just the dynamics of work. Right. Meaning, and sometimes, you're, sometimes your CEO pisses you off. Sometimes your CMO drops the ball. Sometimes you don't like the way they lead or the decisions that they make. And sometimes those things make your work and your life harder. And then... You have the relationship on top of all of that. So you're having to deal with the finances as a couple, the finances as the business owners. You're having to deal with the relationship, the intimacy, the connection. And because we've been seminar goers our whole life and personal growth has been really at the forefront of what drives us, we've been able to carve out some skills and tools to really understand what's going on in our relationship that's getting played out in the business. Uh, and there's been times where it's been it's been really agonizing, and we've had to live out loud with our to our community about how things aren't working and what we're trying to do to shift things. But we believe in coaching, and we believe in counseling, and we believe in personal growth and spiritual development. And those things give us skills and tools to work through what I would think would be barriers most people. Yeah, so it sounds like you definitely over the years have found how to place boundaries between your personal relationship, business relationship. And it sounds like you definitely have some lines there that make sure that the business doesn't destroy your marriage. Cause that sometimes happens to a lot of couples. We've had people Absolutely. on that have said that. Absolutely. And it, it, it goes deeper than boundaries. It comes down to tools and skills. And one of the things that we inspire women leaders to do is to really understand how to bring these tools and skills to their family. Mm -hmm. um, because there's basically four areas that your life is going to get messed up on. Number one is money. So no matter what you're doing, whether you're, uh, whether you're a business owner or you're, you have a career, You've got money and we don't, and we've not been taught how to be empowered by money. So ladies, what's your relationship with money? And when, what's, what is your judgment of your man's relationship with money? Because if he's not bringing in enough income, now there's a power struggle, which can affect the intimacy. So what is your situation with money and how are you expanding your, your vocabulary, your financial literacy around money? The second one is movement. How are you moving your body? If you're not moving your body and nurturing the way this, this miracle that we've been given to put our purpose and our work out into the world, if we're not taking the time to prep it and, and, and uh, feed it, it begins to die. And then yeah. we're not in our power. And so, mm -hmm. you know, you got, you got money, you've got movement, you got marriage, which is all your relationships, you know? So what are the skills that you have mm -hmm. around your relationships that are, are your relationships empowering you? Are they feeding you? Most of the time when you talk to entrepreneurs and extremely busy women, they're alone. Mm -hmm. they, their husband doesn't understand what they're going through. Their bosses don't understand what they're going through. They're trying to be super mom. They're trying to be get to the gym. They're trying to get everything done. They're overworking. They're under, under, underappreciated. Mm -hmm. And they have, no real, they have not really learned how to tap into the feminine, uh, the feminine gift of community and build community that nurtures where right. they can really risk being seen for having faults and not being, mm -hmm. not having it all together. And that's the hardest thing for powerful women is to really give themselves permission to realize that I don't have it all together and I need other women and I need other men and I need places where I can get fed and nourished. Uh, so that's the third M, the marriage. And then the last one is meaning. And how are you creating meaning in your life? And when something happens, is it a tragedy or is it a possibility? Is it a problem or an opportunity to step into something new? So learning how to frame the stories we tell in our life and, uh, and, and really uh, articulate and mold the life that we want around these four areas of money, movement, meaning, and marriage. That, wow. that fuels us with power. And it's really what women need 
to really not just be a man in girls' clothing. Right, right. So a couple questions there for you. The first one is, out of all your customers, how many of them are in business with their spouse? You know, their their husband, wife, wife, husband, duo. Oh, I would say probably less than 15%. Most of them- less- so yeah, most of them are doing their own thing, and their husbands doing something separate. But we have we do have a handful that are couples in in, in business. Now, when they're a couples that are in business together, I'm sure you get some of the couples where they're both type A personalities: the husband and the the wife. Have they been some of the easier customers, the harder customers uh, to get success with? What what was what's your rough opinion? I, usually, the woman is dri- the driver, so mm-hmm. the woman is the one who is the performer. That she's the one that is the organizer and the one that makes sure everything gets done. Often, the man is more the visionary, mm-hmm. so he has a lot of ideas. This is also the role that I play. I have a lot of ideas. Uh, I have a lot of things that make me brilliant in the things that I do. Um, and yet I'm highly motivated, highly organized and get things done. But compared to my wife, she is like a machine. And that's what I see that women, women have, there, there's an interesting thing, David, men have single focus, okay? yep. hyper single focused. It's like, I'm going to hunt and I can't pay attention to anything else, but what it is that I want right now. Yeah. Where women, they have what's called diffused awareness. So they're paying attention to what's going on with the kid. Oh, the mail is being delivered. Oh, I, now it's time to shift the laundry. I now need to go and um, I now need to go and uh, get ready for my meeting. They're thinking of all of these things at one time. And mm-hmm. they believe men think that way. Okay, so they don't understand why men can't operate the way that they do and be as highly efficient. Men are really efficient when they have one thing in front of them that they need to get done and they can do it. And then this is an example of what I mean between my wife and I. She, we, we understand this difference between singular focused and diffused awareness. And just that language really serves us. So we were having a big seminar. It was a three-day seminar, the end of day two. So we're pretty tired. We're starting to get tired at the end of the day. And yet we love it too. So we're at the end of the day and it was raining, it was dark. And I'm thinking, okay, so I need to get the car. I should probably go get the car so my wife doesn't have to walk out into the rain. And then what is my trip? How am I going to get home? So I'm trying to produce a result to take care of my wife and get mm-hmm. us home safely. Okay. Meanwhile, she's all, blah, 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 all excited about the day and wanting to ask me yeah. my opinion about things. And, and I'm not paying attention to her. My wife does that. It's like she she waits for me to, oh, as soon as my eyes start opening, it's like, I'm like, no, no, no. I need to wake up now on a personal level. I am recovering from back surgery and I got things like gabapentin and stuff like that that make me have that hangover effect in the morning. So it's yes. like, let the fog burn off. Give me <laughs> like my time, get up, go through my routine and and, you know, get the back feeling on stiff right now and yeah i i've totally experienced that myself all yeah. the time every day well, well what's interesting is that because of that situation she was chatting with me and wanting my opinion wanted me to listen and i was able to say to her honey it's raining outside and i'm trying to produce a result about getting the car and bring it up so you don't have to be in the rain can you give me a few minutes and she was able to go oh okay i get it normally it would be why don't you listen to me you never pay attention to me what's important to me is never important to you Okay, mm-hmm. where when you understand that the singular focus, once I've gone and got the car, I open the door, I get her in, I get up on the freeway, then I'll turn to her and I'll go, so what'd you think of the day? See? Uh-huh. So I was I had to I had to produce the outcome before I was ready to 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 be there for her. And yet in my mind, the whole outcome that I'm producing is for her. Right. And so what happens to the man is he doesn't feel seen or understood. I'm doing this for you. I'm trying to make you see how much I love you and appreciate you and want to make you happy. And I'm jumping through all these hoops and creating a plan and orchestrating an outcome on behalf of you. And you're on my ass because I don't listen to you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So because we have a lot of these tools and we're able to share these tools with these powerful women, they're able to bring more power and awareness to their work, to their, to their purpose, Mm -hmm. uh, both 
out into the world and at home with their family and their and their and their, and their spouse. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely been tough. You know, going back to what I just shared as far as like with the back surgery stuff like that. Uh, just because I mean, I can't lift more than a half gallon of milk right now until the spine's yeah. structurally sound. And it's been it's been hard on my wife. You know, we've been going through this since uh, it got severely injured. You know, about four or five months ago now at this time. And it's definitely eating away from her because she's had to pick up, uh, you know, larger piece of the load. And I think what makes it even tougher is while she speaks English, it's broken English. Um, you know, we were living out in, she's Peruvian, we lived in Mexico, then San Diego, then LA, you know, out in LA for the most part, even if you do speak english you still need to know spanish so you know never really was like urgent like hey learn learn english and then i get promoted we end up moving back home i'm originally from pa we're in the philly area now and out here it's been a lot more of a struggle so that kind of loads more things up my plate where it's like oh a simple doctor appointment stuff like that it's it's been it's been a struggle, I'd, I'd say, with the balance there as far as getting things complete. But in our own weird way, I mean, we are successful and we end up getting things done. So it's kind of nice. worked out. Well, I could hear, I could hear, I could hear in your voice, David, the the weight that yeah. uh, that is on your shoulders and in your heart around what you've had to go through physically. And, yeah, uh, and I think that's one of the things I feel bad for. Her. Because it's yeah. a, it's a tough situation, you know. It's where um, she's trying to learn and master English herself. But my biggest thing, because you know, I do coach people. I run my own teams and stuff like that. Whether it's salespeople or my implementation people, you know, I'm a relationship type person. I believe in personal growth, professional growth, business growth. That's what this whole podcast is about. Those three right. items. And with her, I'm trying to teach her as far as just have that self-confidence part because maybe your English isn't perfect. Maybe you have an accent, but it's not that bad. You can be doing a lot of this stuff yourself. You just got to feel more empowered and believe in yourself a little bit more and just go do it. And that's kind of where we're getting hung up. Well, I think you're speaking to something that is a dynamic that you got to recognize that it's only been a hundred years ago mm-hmm. that women got the right to vote. And the suffragettes, I don't know how many women really know what women had to go through all over the world, both in UK and the United States, to get the right to vote and how men, women were property of men. Okay. Yeah. So when they got married, I owned you, meaning like mm-hmm. you were my property. And I could, if I wanted to, I could sell you. A woman could not have her own bank account. She couldn't have her own job. If she did have a job, that money was was brought home and given to her husband. And so that, that kind of mentality uh, of women being oppressed, the other piece is, is when you look at women uh, in the Salem oh, witch trials, when, look, women were bur- burned at, when they were burned at the stake, yeah. okay, what a horrible way to, one, a horrible oh, yeah. way to be shamed and killed, okay? Massive pain massive fear and they were always being and when you look at why and that was a damned if you do damned if you you don't don't. situation you know because it's like talk about being canceled yeah and but the thing is is that most of the time when you got when you got burned at the stake it was for a woman being in her gifts so she was in her sexual she was in her sexuality she followed her intuition she was tapping into her spirituality she was doing the things that are make her make her powerful as a biological feminine being, and 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 so this this oppression over the years has really made it for women who who do not necessarily they're they're pushing themselves beyond what is necessary. They're 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 striving and trying to become something, and underneath a lot of that. There's still this belief that I'm not enough. They're dealing with, uh, they're dealing with, um, um, what's the word of it? Fraud, um, imposter, imposter syndrome. Okay, and and so for for men to understand, fraud, fraud. And, hold and, on one second. This I, I've got to interrupt you there. Fraud, sure. imposter syndrome. 
I have never heard that in my life. Could you take 30 seconds, just explain what that is? And okay, so the story? actual term is imposter syndrome. I was trying to come, trying to find in the word fraud, God, it just came in there. No, okay. it's not uncommon when you're striving, when, when you feel a calling, mm -hmm. okay? Typically that calling is, oh, this is who I'm to become. Right. So you're not yet that person. Yet you're be trying to become that person. And in that, there's a gap. There's a gap in self-awareness. There's a gap in skills. There's mm -hmm. a gap in self uh, in, in, in what you need to do to become that person. So there I is felt that a, so much throughout my, my whole that's life. That's right. You know, okay. like, so in like, that, especially when you're doing that in a big way, mm -hmm. that gap, uh, that gap creates a, um, a cognitive dissonance is how psychologists would call it. Right. Right? Okay. That, 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 that cognitive dissonance in itself is what is known as imposter syndrome. Okay. So this is a term that is being seen as a literal thing that people experience where I feel like a, an imposter. I don't feel like I'm really being authentic because mm -hmm. I'm stepping out onto the edge of who I'm being called to be and acting as if I'm that person. And I don't feel I'm yet that person. Fake it till you make it. Now, see, mm -hmm. that's what people say. But the right. problem with fake it till you make it is it is a fraud because it's a fake. There you go. Where if you can act as if, meaning like if I was that person, what would I do? Mm -hmm. If I was that person, how would I feel? If I was that person, what would I say? That's how you become that person. But fake you know, it that, till you that, make that's it. That's interesting. We, we had a very powerful woman on here, Deborah. And she was a an ex uh, Playboy cover girl, and, right. as well as Centerfold. And in fact, here's some random history. Everybody knows the. And remember, this is not political show. It's just a coincidence uh, that it was this episode. But you know, one of the things that now makes her. Famous is that on Trump's infamous Playboy cover from like 1990 or whatever, she was the centerfold model on that issue. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, Deborah Driggs. But when she was on here, right now she talks leadership, sales, stuff like that. I believe she's in real estate, if I remember correctly. But she said one of the things that she does when she gets into any situation is what it, what would the best you, you've heard the phrase like what would jesus do for example she kind of takes that another step further she goes like what would the best version of me do in this situation because there are many different versions of a person you know you change throughout the years throughout the decades who you were 30 years ago isn't who you are today and you've done different things in different situations so when you come onto that situation, what would the best version of me do? And that's how she lives her life. And it has helped her become so successful in her career because right. of that. See, so what I love around that is most of the time, as we strive to fulfill our calling, we're bringing our past into our present and into our future. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so it's very easy when a situation hits you, especially one where maybe you don't know what to do, you're unclear of it, you're a little uncomfortable, you're feeling like an imposter. Mm -hmm. uh, what I like about that question is when she stops in that moment and says, what would the best part of me do now? She's intentionally choosing to be present with her power, as opposed yeah. to tied to her conditioning. And this is the work that we really do with women who love to speak, because the way that you speak within moments will determine how people perceive you. They're mm -hmm. going to perceive whether you're confident, whether you're real, whether you're fake, yep. if you have the skill set, if you're not. So what, what we're teaching women is how to be present in your power and articulate your and, and articulate what you do in such a way that the room undeniably knows that you are a woman of substance who's going somewhere and they need to pay attention to what you're doing. When we That's have exactly all over the globe doing that, we are going to yeah. have a far better place to live on this planet. Yeah, that's exactly why the very first question on this show is the question that I ask you, because I am trying to set that table for you, for our guests out there, so that 
they can see. And that's part of the reason why when I look, I come from a sales background, okay? Authenticity, body movements, you know, how your face looks when you're saying something like you're not rolling your eyes like, oh, yeah, 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 we can do that. You know, you're being authentic, you're being genuine, showing that you care, that you're not just trying to grab a quick sale. That's important. So that's why when we did this show, when we first started it, I'm like, yeah, I know podcasts are big and Rogan just got his hundred million and all that stuff. But I like the video version of it better because I can see the body language. I can see that authenticity. And that's why for this show specifically, like we push most of our eggs into the YouTube basket, the video versions of the basket more than the audio version, because I think it's important that the message that you're saying, because everybody that comes on here has a very important story that's going to help somebody out there. Okay. And again, it's going to usually fall into personal growth, professional growth, or business growth. Okay. One of those three categories, but I want you to see that person, whether it's me or whether it's the guest that's on the show, talk, how they're saying it, how they're reacting, especially if it's something that you've been on the fence about so that you can judge with your own eyes. You know, is that person BSing? You know, are they book smart or are they actually street smart because they've been down in the gutter or down in the trenches and fought tooth and nail to get where they're at? And that that's kind of some of the decision paths that we did, which I think is kind of playing into what you're saying. I agree. I, I think the I think the distinction there, David, is it's a really important to understand that just because you want to be authentic doesn't mean you will be. Mm-hmm. And that there is a oh, yeah. growth and an evolution that can be extremely challenging in finding your message, yep. making sure that it's on point, telling your story, because everybody, this is the world we live in right now. So everybody's got to tell their story. Everybody's got to make their point. Everybody's got to be persuasive. Everybody's got to mm-hmm. shtick, right? And so not everybody is going to be authentic in that because that is an evolution that allows you to unfold. You're going to need to invest in yourself. You're going to need to invest in your skills. You're going to need training, mentorship, community to become that woman, to become that man is something that unfolds, but you can put some fuel behind that with the people and the skills that you surround yourself with so that it becomes embodied and embedded in you. And you can see this. You can see when someone takes the stage and they have been prepared and they have been prepared well. And when I say take the stage, podcasts like this are the stage. Video platforms are the stage. The stage at a a live event is a stage. And and a stage carries so much power because it automatically gives you authority to the people in the room. Oh, yeah. And what are you doing with that authority is what matters now more than ever because in the age of Me Too, we're seeing all of the in the Me Too and this cancel cancel culture, we're seeing a lot of icons uh, start to fall, and they're being oh, yeah. replaced by the Whitney Wolf herds and the the Kendra Scotts, the C, the women CEOs that are becoming billionaires are starting to become the new icons of what is possible, not just for women, not just for uh, not just for children, but for everyone. Yeah, yeah, no, that that that's definitely great. I was looking, I just put it away, but I'm a big fan of Jeffrey Gittimer and a lot of his philosophy. Uh, I had my sales team read like uh, the Sales Bible, which is a little bit older book, but I think that it's very relevant um, for today's, if you think of it in modern terms, as you're reading it. The foundation still sticks, and also the little red book of selling. But one of the the big things on the little uh, little red book of selling that I liked, one of the things that touched me most, and it's something that I it was a core belief of mine. And then when I read it in the book, I'm like, Ching, I was right. Uh, <laughs> is you know the best way to you know grow your business, uh, get leads if you're in sales or grow your business is to do free speech. And the reason behind that and free speech was defined as in getting out there and speaking at events, getting out there and doing like a a podcast, a podcast, or going to your local chamber events and speaking and stuff like that. 
because once you do, it's kind of like you get the blue verified Twitter check mark for that event that, yeah, this is the real deal. This person knows their, their stuff. But just because you can get up on a stage or you can get on a platform, that doesn't mean that you, you know, things are just going to come to you. You have to sell that knowledge. And that comes through authenticity, like you're saying, because you can be authentic as far as, yeah, I'm authentic. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you my experience. Okay. But actually displaying and sounding authentic is something that's a little bit different in selling that authenticity. And I really think that's kind of what you're you're talking about, that you're teaching these women how to get that over, how to sell that authenticity. Because I, I think there's a lot of people, a good friend of mine who started at my day job, Vision 33, started about the same time, uh, Latina, uh, you know, female, obviously, and basically we heard her give answers to a customer during a sales cycle. And what happened was she had the right answers, okay? But she answered it very weak, like, uh, yeah, yeah, we, we, I, I can do this, or, you know, just kind of not struck. And I, I coached her up. I'm like, hey, you know the answers to this stuff, say it strong, say it with confidence, because right now, like that customer, that prospect at the time, they did become a customer. They're doubting like, Hey, was she telling me the truth or not? And you know that you were telling the truth, but how you said it was, you didn't say it with the confidence. You didn't say it with authority and therefore it created doubt. And once I brought that to her attention because she never realized that. I mean, now you should see her do kickoff presentations. They are amazing. She right. blows them away because I guess she practiced it. She tested it out and she's like, wow, this actually does make a difference. And now right. she is leading those type of presentations as a leader instead of somebody that's kind of like, Half in, half out. Does that make sense? That's right. And I, I'm really glad that's a great transition because I mean that's ultimately what we do. I mean, our 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 vision is to usher in a new a new era of economic, social, and and corporate responsibility by unleashing the power of voice in women all over the world and and being able to understand that um, there is a specific there is a process that allows you to get a result. We call it big impact, big impact communication. There is the process that allows you to get a result. Like if let's say you're having a problem uh, with, uh, you have a service provider that comes to mow, to mow your lawn, okay? And do your, lawn, your, your landscaping. And you're having a problem with their performance. I know that if my mom is to have the conversation with that, with that, that foreman, she's not gonna get a very good result. If I have that conversation or my wife has that conversation, the result will happen. There is a specific way of knowing how to articulate the words, the language, how to listen to people. So we've broken it up into really three sections. There's three phases of business. Phase one is all about profit. You've got to learn how to sell what it is, program, you got to package yourself, you got to price your programs, you got to know how to create a result for people, and you got to use speaking and articulate that. Then the next one, you're moving into the leadership. You've got to know how to lead people and create systems and teams so you can leverage your time. And then the last one is then taking that impact that you're able to do and make money with and, and scale it. So it's really a speak, lead, scale methodology, a big impact communication that allows you to go from wherever you're at. Because there's women out there listening right now that are like, you know what, I should be doing some speaking. We can help you. There's other women, perhaps like that uh, that um, that centerfold, who is ready to reinvent herself for the next thing that is hers. And having someone who can really help her articulate that next evolution of who she is, bringing all of who she is in together, being able to articulate her pain as an authority is the most empowering and influential thing you can do from the stage. 
How do you articulate your flaws, your improprieties, yet not lose credibility? That is persuasive. And that moves a room and that changes nations. And we're looking for women who are called to take their level, their game to another, to another level through the power of communication to leverage and to, to scale their business to have an impact on the planet. Last hard question uh, uh, that, uh, you know, we'll just dip into dip our toes into this subject because, again, we don't really get into the politics, social issues very much in the show. It's a it's a business podcast. But one thing you can see that there's a certain portion of the population that is trying to stress on Twitter, uh, men, women totally equal there's no biological differences in minds or things i am of the personal belief that men and women biologically speaking again that they are different you know everybody's got pros cons they operate different um and that's not a bad thing in my eyes that's actually a a, a positive because it allows us, I think, to to work together because, like you said, with your your wife, uh, how there's those two different styles of thinking, okay? Right. Where she's able to do think it all, you know, laundry, kids, this meeting, that, all that stuff. Where you have the 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 tunnel vision. I I don't know. To me, I think that's a positive. I don't think it's bad that people are different in in those types of things. I mean, what's your general thoughts? I think it's a couple of things. Um, gender issues right now is a huge topic, and it's a fascinating topic. I've been studying yeah. gender issues for thirty over thirty years, and and I think the biggest thing that's really come to place is even, and I even inserted it in the language when I talked about a woman mm-hmm. with diffused energy. I said the word diffused energy. Uh, When I I said the word laundry, and when I said that, I winced because I recognized in my own self a gender bias that the woman is the one that would be thinking about the laundry. Mm -hmm. I assigned to her a role that is not fair for me to assign to her. It has nothing to do with her Mm -hmm. being a female or a man on the ability to do laundry, right? right? It's a role that has been assigned to her from a man that used to possess her as a piece of property. Uh-huh. So that it's important for us to have the awareness around those kind of issues that it is not fair or right or empowering to put a man or a woman into a box that says this is who they are. Now, right. I also I agree. Like I agree with that. I was more talking. Let me finish my point, because okay. I think it's really important for people to understand that we've got to play to our own strengths. Right. One thing I do know is I do not have a vulva. I have a penis. I have balls and testicles. I do not have ovaries. And therefore, I pull, mm-hmm. what pulses through me causes me to think and act differently than someone who has a different genitalia and a different way of producing chemicals in the body. Right. It, is through the, it is through that that we have chemicals that make us think mm-hmm. and, and, the way, and the way that we think. And those chemicals cannot be changed, but they right. can be understood and they can be honored and respected. And the genders can honor and respect what makes us unique. Now we can play to our strengths and in our strengths, you lack nothing. That's what I think is the biggest, the biggest piece here, David, is that there, there, there isn't a lay, there isn't a lack in being fully a woman. You are Mm -hmm. capable, this world right now, the world that is happening right now and is getting built Mm-hmm. It is a world that is ideal for women who are in their feminine and at, and moving as a woman. She doesn't have to right. try to be a man. She doesn't have to try. Their opportunities are everywhere for her to make millions, mm-hmm. millions to impact policy changes all over the planet, um, unlike anywhere else. And she doesn't need to be any different than knowing who she is and loving who she is as a woman, as a biological unit and what that means for her. And right, it means right. she doesn't have to do laundry. If she- <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that's kind of where my point of the question was. That's why I wanted to make sure we were clear on that, that I was talking about how people think in general with that. And, you know, I, I don't, to me, everybody, I don't think one person's greater than another person, but I do believe 
the you know again you get back to the the hormones and the what makes people think different things that there's some things that certain type of people are better with than other people like for example i'm more high level i'm not very analytical but yet a lot of people that work for me are very analytical uh i have a lot of very my right hand uh right at my day job uh, Melissa, she is amazing and probably one of the the strongest, uh, more powerful, laser mind focused people I've ever met. And uh, we always have a running joke because she she used to be a fighter, uh, you know, uh, semi semi pro fighter. Like, oh, I'm not gonna piss her off; she'll punch you in the eye. <laughs> but. Uh, uh, you know, she's, she's excellent. And I love having people around that, that are at that level, because it pushes me as well, too. And it's kind of good, because we make the perfect team during the day. You know, That's we great. both kind of push each other to the cusp of our comfort zone. But at the same token, you know, as far as how do we solve issues and challenges and stuff like that, and it, it forces us to use creativity to come up with good, rock-solid solutions. Love so, it. Mark, I've got to ask you, how can people digitally stalk you and find out more about <laughs> Big Impact HQ? Uh, so definitely go to BigImpactHQ.com. But where I really would like to drive your, your listeners, yeah. your viewers, is to um, speakerblueprints. Dot com. That's going to allow you to take a speaker assessment and really see, are you a storyteller? Are you an orator? Are you more of like a professor? Uh, you know, it's like a student, it's like a um, Brene Brown. She's definitely a professor. It's someone who's done some research and puts together a great argument. Uh, Oprah Winfrey, she's more of a overall kind of using all the different skills. Mm -hmm. And so really go over there, take the assessment, see where you're at as a speaker and, and seek us out in helping you be able to put your cause out into the world. We are outstanding business consultants that really put communication at the forefront of what you do uh, so that you can lead, speak, so you can speak, lead, and scale your way to millions and impacting millions as a woman who's called to make a difference. Wow. This was, uh, this was fun. This was educational. Another <laughs> last question. Did you live in the part of Alaska that was like, you know, where it's night half the year, day half the year. Yeah, so I was I wasn't in the the extreme north where the sun never comes up for about six weeks. Okay, um, but I was, but I mean, it wasn't uncommon for us to have um, maybe four out, maybe three or four hours of daylight. Wow, wow. You know, so and that's about now this time of year uh, through through the solstice. It's not uncommon to have about 18, 19 hours of uh, sunlight. So the, the sun will come up, starts to get light, you know, dusk, like, you know, yeah. the sunrise starts to happen around 9 or 9.30. The sun comes up around 10.30. It's setting by 2.30 and it's dark by 4.30. Yeah. yeah. But the yeah. contrast to that is in the summers, it's party time. Because, oh, yeah. you know, midnight is out and everybody's drinking beer and fishing and they yeah. have a midnight sun uh, baseball game. and uh, so, you know, there's a good, there's a good 10 to 12 weeks where it doesn't get dark at all. And, you know, That's it's awesome. like, it's 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night and you feel like it's seven o'clock and you have a lot of energy. That's something so. I've always wanted to experience. And I also thought because of the darkness, it would make an awesome vampire movie. And then I saw <laughs> they came out with 30 days of night, I think it is. And I was like, oh, wow, cool. They made that story. And that story. Uh, I was I was so bummed when I saw the movie because I thought they could have made that so much better. Like, I thought they missed the opportunity there. Like, it was okay, but I thought they could have they could have done 10 times better because I think that's an awesome storyline. Well, I love it. Well, David, keep up your great work. You know, it's, it's, oh, really, you. it's really powerful that you're giving people a platform to speak their opinion, and that's the kind of thing that helps us lead to change, have new conversation. And so keep up your great work of supporting messengers and let's go out there and raise the tides of all ships. Oh, definitely, definitely. Thank you again. Hope you had fun. And uh, best of luck in your endeavors, Mark. Thank you, man. Cheers. Talk soon. Yep. Bye.
Wow, that was such a great interview with Mark. Hey, thank you so much for coming on. First, you all know the routine. If you found this interview helpful, if it sparked those warm and fuzzies, do me a favor, hit that like button, smash that subscribe button. But if you really want to help us out, because you know Shark Bite Biz is the greatest kept secret out there in the world of business, please do us a favor, shares out your network. Wherever you dwell on the interwebs, whether it is Rumble, whether it is Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, share us your friends, family, colleagues. Get the word of Shark Bite Biz out there so that way people like Mark sharing Big Impact HQ can be out there trending and people hear these important messages. Now let's get back to our rock star guest, Mark, okay? I've personally have always been into teaching women. And when I say that, I'm not talking about mansplaining, okay? But, and I think I said this during the interview, my time in Mexico, especially working in the tech sector, I really noticed a huge gap between male, female, and the intelligence around technology and just the basic foundations of how it worked. And that's really what led us to create the site that we had at that time called Tech Chicas. When and it was really just built around helping to teach women how to use tech to their advantage. It's not that hard. It's just they had no one to teach them how to do it, especially in Spanish at that time. And that's where we kind of wanted to fill that void and fill that gap. And we were very successful at doing it. In fact, even ended up winning an award from Penn State University over the work that we were doing. You know. These days, it is hard to be a woman balancing a career, potentially balancing family, friends, you know, amongst many other things. And I think the mission that Big Impact HQ is doing is pretty good with helping women discover the tools, many of which they already have. These are built in tools that most women have. They just don't know how to use them or use them right. So, you know, a good example of this is I think I said this during the interview, but a few years ago, there was a female consultant with my day job, Vision 33. And, you know, she was giving answers, but she was talking very weak, even though she was right. It created doubt in the customer's eyes. They were unsure if they, you know, if, if she was telling the truth or if she was just giving them a total line of BS. And it's because she had the weakness in her voice. She didn't have the strength. She didn't have the confidence. So I ended up having a one-on-one -on -one with her and I told her, hey, say exactly what you said, but say it louder. Say it stronger and say it more confident. Don't sound like you are doubting yourself as those words come out of your mouth. Five years later, this woman, who was extremely talented, but like I said, weak doing things like presentations, now she's top-notch and just got promoted to senior management. That is the difference of what uh, you know, learning and honing in these skills can be. It is a major difference for a lot of people. And again, it's something she was totally capable of doing. She just didn't know how. And I think there's another thing here, and it's awareness. People often, they're afraid to say, hey, you know, like what you said was good, but it could have been better if you perhaps did this or that. They're afraid to give constructive feedback these days. You never know how someone's going to react. They may think you're, you know, an ist or something like that. And that's where it's got to be balanced out. Right. So when I look at this and I hear what Mark was telling me, I, that's why I'm a full believer in what Mark and Sharon, what they're both doing on this massive scale. I love it. I'm a big supporter of it. And I'm so glad that they came on the show to kind of get the word out because I'm sure that there are many female entrepreneurs out there or executives that listen to this very show that could be thinking the same thing. 
and Mark and Sharon, their company could be the answer to you to unlock the next level or even levels to your career. So awesome stuff, Mark. Thank you for coming on, sharing about the mission that you and Sharon are carrying out. Big supporters of that. Question of the day. How did you find your inner voice for strength to speak publicly? Leave a comment down below if you're watching on YouTube. Do you want to be on the show? If so, send out a message. Interviews at sharkbitebiz.com. Also, please don't forget, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that little join button. You can become a baby shark for only $3 a month. Yeah, $3 a month. You become a baby, a baby shark. You get some exclusive perks, cool stuff like that. If not, you still want to support the show, head on over to deadhousecoffee.com. Use the code SHARK. You're going to get 20% off of your order. And like I said in the intro, all the proceeds will help us build the biggest and best show we possibly can. You all know this by now, but I'll tell you again. I'm David Strasser. This is Shark Bite Biz. We'll see you all next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Shark Bite Biz. We hope you got some insightful info from this podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app and visit us on the web at www.sharkbitebiz.com. How has business changed for you in the 20s? Email us at podcast at sharkbitebiz.com so you can join us and share your story. 